0: And he was like, Ked, I just wanted to say um, it was really great that you hang out, hung out with us today and think you're a really cool guy. And I was just like, what is going on? And um, I literally broke down in my kitchen, walked outside late at night that summer night in June, and I fell to my knees. And I said, okay, God, I'll do this. And it still took me a week to fill out the paperwork.
1: Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Attaboy Podcast. I'm Quinn Kumfer. Attaboy, kind of a strange name, isn't it? As a kid, I spent a lot of time around my grandfather. He is one of the people I attribute the most to in life, but he was not a man who readily gave praise. When he did, it was always a simple attaboy. The Attaboy Podcast is one that will highlight business and community leaders in our area, often those who go above and beyond and don't get the praise that they deserve there is no better example of this than our first guest. Today we are talking with Youth for Christ Campus Life Director, Ked Mosher. On the show today, he delves into his own origin story and why he made the switch from teacher to counselor. So Ked Mosher, King Wells County. You can just walk into any place and light up a room. Have you always been like that when you were a kid? Were you a pretty bubbly personality?
0: You know what? Honestly, I don't I don't really remember as far as like that aspect of life. I feel that I have been a pretty confident individual. But honestly, to be confident to just walk into a place and just nonchalantly start shooting the bull with people, I feel that was probably more my junior, junior year of high school. Um, Definitely started... I guess magnifying on that in college, and when I went to study what I studied, you're just constantly in front of people. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of become a part of my DNA, a part of just who I am. I love conversation. I love interaction. But it's funny that you're just kind of like, hey, when you walk in a room, do you light up a room? I like to be positive, so hopefully, hopefully it does <laughs> light up a room in a sense, but...
1: Well, anyone that's ever talked to you would <laughs> attest to that, for sure. What about your parents, and siblings? Is everyone pretty sociable?
0: There are four of us. Um, we're all very social. I'd say two of us are more than very social. Um, I am, I would say I'm absolutely the most sociable of the four. Um, my parents, my mom, <laughs> she she kind of doesn't know a stranger either. And she and I, we've talked, we have to kind of play the same game because my dad, when he was living, he's a little more reserved. Um, I have qualities of both of them, but I'm probably more so like my mom when it comes to conversation and interaction. Um, but many times when my parents were places, they'd be talking with somebody, somebody would come up to my mom, she'd start interacting with them, they would leave my dad would say, who is that? And my mom would be like, I have no clue. I feel like I have to do that same thing a lot with people um, because they know you from somewhere, but I feel like more people know me than I know them, and I don't mean that egotistically. It's just being in the community and my wife and I, she's like, who is that? And I'm like, I have no idea. So we've kind of you kind of have to play into conversation, look for those look for those little clues that start registering, oh, maybe I do know them, but we do I do. I just love conversation. But I do come from a very extroverted family.
1: You mentioned that a lot of this uh, didn't really start happening till your junior year of high school. Why was that?
0: You know, I think all of us have our own insecurities that we have to fight through. I believe that was just kind of a maybe a turning point in my life where not that I don't care what people think of me, because I do. You know, I want to be a people pleaser. Um, I want to be cordial in interaction. I want to love well. But I feel like that's the year where I just started becoming a little bit more confident in myself and maybe not... Quite care how much people thought of me as far as um, maybe not having the same interests as some people, and then the insecurity of, oh, why can't I be like that? Or why can't I be like that athlete? I just got to be a little bit more okay with my interests, my skill levels, um, and really, especially my senior year. You know, I graduated from Adams Central High School, and senior year, that was, that was the best year. Um, really walked away from high school with no regrets, but just it was it was a really good year. And I think moving into college, too, it just started to um, open up avenues of just build relationships, get along with people, love well, and try to overlook some of the little petty things in life.
1: I can certainly relate to that. Um, going through middle school, Was tough. That was tough. I was almost as tall as I am now, Mm. like fifty pounds lighter. So I was just like a walking beanpole, yeah, with long hair, highlights, and braces. And I was trying to fit into all these different cliques that I really just didn't like the people who were in it, or I didn't care about the things that they were interested in, Mm -hmm. things along those lines. And it really took me, I think, until I was about sophomore junior in high school to just stop caring I guess yep and start kind of mingling with all different groups of people and it was ironic that those popular quote-unquote popular kids that I always wanted to be friends with growing up by the time senior year came around and they have these vanity contests for you know, like <laughs> king and queen and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That none of those guys made it onto the list. And the only people that were up there up there, were good-hearted people. Mm-hmm. Like people like, you know, Kale Shum, Nathan Shelton, Drew Rankenberger.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: And then I was just kind of riding their coattails. I was in last place, I'm sure, <laughs> on Homecoming Vote
0: and stuff. But, no, yeah. it does make a difference. And in my current role, and having had the opportunity to get to know you your senior year, um, there were some similarities. I was like, "Uh, I kind of feel like Quinn and I would be in the same boat back when I was in high school. Like, you were well-known, you were athletic, you were talented in the arts, and you kind of just used all the skill sets together. And um, looking back, you know, I was never like an athlete. I was definitely like... uh, You know our musical productions kind of like you were with theater but then they do the senior superlatives why it sticks with me to this day I don't know maybe it's a little form of pride but I was kind of honored to receive some of the awards that I received Uh, it got me nowhere in life but to this day (laughs) I remember being told well you can only get four you were voted for more than four categories, but we limited you to four. And I was, I was honored to be voted as Class Clown, <laughs> Most Talented, Class Diz. So I don't know if – I think nowadays they don't even call it that, but back in the day it was like you were the ditzy one kind of mm-hmm. – I was always told in class, hey, kid, ask questions to get the, the teacher sidetracked to waste <laughs> class time. And – best dressed so I was I was honored and the person who got voted class flirt one of his questions was who do you feel should have gotten this award if it would have not have been you and I remember clearly he said I believe Ked Moser should have gotten it and I was like
1: yes
0: <laughs> yeah like I said those acknowledgement I mean that, that got me nowhere in life but
1: right Yeah, they're still fun to look back on. Oh, yeah. Be like, oh, I guess I had those personality traits way back even in high school.
0: You definitely did. Right.
1: Yeah. So you touched on college. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to school at? Well, there
0: was this place up in Fort Wayne. Um, It was called IPFW. But since then... Um, We have a new university in Fort Wayne. It's called PFW. I believe structurally nothing's changed. They just dropped the I. Um, But I did graduate on the I side. So I have an Indiana University degree through IPFW in elementary education. And then went on to study um, through Indiana Wesleyan and got my master's degree in education.
1: I gotcha. Yeah, I uh, I got lost when you mentioned IPFW for a second there. I was like, I don't remember that. It just doesn't sound School. familiar, does it? No, not yeah. at all. It was Must- sad when I heard everything was
0: changing over because I like Mastodon Blue, and they do still have that from what I understand, but I also like the Golden Black as well. Right.
1: So Now, around this time, you uh, graduated college. Mm-hmm. What was college life like?
0: Being from little rural rural Decatur, spending lots of time at IPFW, Fort Wayne. Went to the mall a lot when I probably should have been studying. Went out to eat with my friends when I probably should have been studying, but I still did very well.
1: Was this around the same time that you met your wife?
0: Uh, let's see, 92 graduate, probably met, I think... It was 94 where I first met her.
1: So you were working in the schools?
0: No, I was still a college kid. Okay. Um, we, uh, funny thing is, we got engaged in the fall of 95, and my, I did have to take one class over, Quinn. <laughs> History was not my forte, but my wife's strong suit, well, she's strong in every area, but history she's a history buff and I did retake that class she helped me I think what I got a DN I ended up getting a high B Um, but we did meet not in college because she never did go to college but we did meet through our church and like I said got engaged the fall of 95 we were married in the winter of 96 so we had like a four-month engagement The church that I was currently a part of, that's just kind of the norm. Um, It's been a great journey. And here I am almost 23 years, almost 24 years later, happily married. Wow. Yeah, it's been an incredible ride. We were actually at Pizza Hut recently with the family, and one of the kids working there. Can I go off topic just a tad? Do your thing, buddy. Um, And he comes out from the back. He comes over to our table and... He just wanted to chat a little bit he's like hey Ked, how you doing and we were catching up and I was like so you still with so-and-so and he's like yeah two months and I looked at my wife and I said almost 24 years you know he's so proud of two months and I mm-hmm. I'm just proud to say 24 years and growing stronger
1: yeah and you certainly have a plethora of these little sidebar stories that I always find a weird way of intertwining into whatever the main conversation is. So whenever you have one of those, feel free to chime in, my friend. Okay. All right. So how did you know that elementary education was something that you wanted to do? Did you have like an internship or you were just great with kids and you decided that would be a cool route to go down or... <laughs>
0: um? Beings, the Adams Central was a K-12 building. Um, probably my junior year, I was kind of leaning towards accounting. I think between my junior and senior year, it was accounting, something with business. There was the possibility of graphic design. Um, there was a time I wanted to do something with interior design. I was all over the place, frankly. Um, I think my senior year I dropped a class because it was a new teacher and I felt like I wasn't really learning well wasn't really connecting and it was something with accounting but I was like I don't know if I want to do this I think I'll pick up cadet teaching so the second half of my senior year I spent every day there was like an hour each day I spent with second graders so I'd walk down from the high school down to the middle um, down to the elementary And it really didn't take long that I started thinking, I want to be a teacher. I love those little second graders. There was a lot of um, variety that went with it. I think there were four classrooms that I kind of floated amongst the four teachers. And I think that was the turning point where I just like, yep, this is what I want to do.
1: Seeing where you are now, it doesn't really surprise me that you were in elementary education. When I first met, you I I didn't know what you did besides <laughs> showing up at the high school and hanging out with the kids yeah yeah and I was, when you say it like that it seems strange but having the experience of you in the high school while I was there there was nothing strange about it it almost felt natural hmm. so seeing uh, your career in education doesn't surprise me in the least how long were you an educator
0: Fifteen years, and really, it was it was um, it was pretty cool how it worked out. You know, we were married in February of '96, and then our oldest, our first daughter, uh, Arissa, she was born July of '97, and the, um, spring of 90, uh, the spring of ninety, the um, spring of '97. My student teaching, everything was behind me, and I was subbing because I was just really waiting to get a job for the upcoming school year. And Southern Wells Elementary, they were looking for a maternity leave. And um, so the spring of 97, they were looking for somebody to fill a maternity leave um, for middle school, high school choir. And they hired me for it. The school board recommended me. I think it was just because I love music. I've played piano most of my life, and I sing. And it was a great experience, but it was not what I went to school for. But that got my foot in the door to be hired on at Southern Wells Elementary the, um, that upcoming fall. So, Arissa was born in uh, July of 97. August rolls around. I'm fully certified. I had one job interview, and I was runner-up, and I didn't get it. So, I was devastated because it was with lancaster elementary and i wanted to be a part of northern wells community schools so i was really i was very disappointed because i thought oh no i'm going to be a terrible teacher i had a job interview they didn't hire me what's wrong with me i mean it was like the end of the world thinking i'm never going to get a job because i failed my first interview southern wells opens up um I'm a new dad, my wife's on maternity leave, I'm waiting for a job. They hired me two days after the school year had started. And there was two part-time positions. So one was um, elementary guidance and the other one was fourth, fifth, and sixth grade accelerated math. And they hired me the second day school started, they gave me a week to get my room ready. And it really opened my eyes to a lot, even being in elementary guidance. Um, so the first two years were kind of like two part-time positions, and then um, the following years after that was full-time classroom positions. So I was nine years at Southern Wells, and then I switched to Adams Central and taught six, six years in fifth grade at Adams Central, which was pretty cool, being back in the school that I graduated from and teaching alongside some of my elementary teachers.
1: What were some of the things that you learned during your time as an educator that, I mean, obviously these two things are pretty closely linked in in what you do, just not in as formal of a sense. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've learned as an educator that kind of help you in what you do today?
0: You know... My classroom, um, I feel like it didn't take me long to just really relationally invest in my students. Um, I loved what I did as an elementary teacher. I know what I get to do now. I don't need to focus on the academics. And you can really focus on the health and well-being of students, um, be a um, a resource for them. But even as a classroom teacher, I was real big with character development. And every year, especially with the upper elementary when I started doing this, every year we would have a quote. Um, I would start with the same quote. And every week we would change the saying. We would change the quote. And all week long, that was one of the things the kids would memorize. we would kind of talk about what this possibly could mean, and then by the end of the week, we would really break it down, and I would talk with them a lot about character development. And the first quote of every year was, good, better, best, never let it rest, until your good is better, and your better is best. And honestly, I run into so many of my past students, and if I start that quote, if that comes up in conversation, they're all able to, to like recite it back to me, which is pretty neat. Um, but that was the big thing, always trying to start the year with positivity, looking for the best in each individual and knowing that in the academic world, you want to see growth in every student. I think sometimes we have state standards that are pushed on the teachers. Um, you have to have expectations, but you're never, ever going to graduate everybody on the same playing field. But I really wanted every student to know that I believed in them. I wanted to see the good in them, and every student was going to grow, and that's, that's what mattered, and in that, I always, and even to this day, I want everybody to feel loved, valued, noticed, and I want to be an advocate for, for kids, an advocate for teenagers today. So character development was huge, but I honestly, I just have been, I've, I've wanted to love well, because that's who Jesus is.
1: In, in ending on that, I think is kind of a perfect transition to where you are now. Mm-hmm. How does that even come about? You're teaching for 15 years, and does someone just give you a call and say, hey, I think I've got something that you might <laughs> be interested in? Or how does that come about?
0: Oh, I tell you, that was a crazy... That was a crazy ride um for two years my wife Adrienne and i um we were helping alongside the current norwell campus life director through youth for christ um, his name is tony cheney and we were one of his volunteers on the adult ministry team so we would help with like some of the group settings i was never in the building uh to see really what takes place on the campus Um, but since I had spring break free as a, as a teacher, he had asked us to go on the campus life spring break trip. Um, selfishly, I didn't want to, because that was my break away from kids. And, um, I was kind of like dragging my feet and my wife, she was like, honey, let's, let's do this. It'd be, it'd be a neat opportunity. And I was like, uh, all right. And honestly, from getting on that bus all week long in Florida, um, it was like nonstop conversation with students. And I embraced it. I loved it, got to know them. And, and some of the conversations were really deep. Like when you're away um, with students and they're away from their reality and they're away from their baggage and their pain, um, walls, start, walls start coming down. So I enjoyed it had a great week it's kind of glad it was over because it was tiring um that was march of 2012 it was april of 2012 i was at school again fifth grade teacher um adam central and my wife and um she'd either called or i called her about something and she was like hey did you hear that tony cheney's leaving norwell and i said yeah i just heard that and um she was talking about who they want to hire. And with what she was saying, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I thought they were talking about – because they said they they wanted to hire this guy um, that went to Florida. And I thought it was this other guy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I think he'd be a great great person for that position. And Adrienne, she's like, honey, who are you talking about? And I said, well – So-and-so. And And she was like, no, that's not who they're looking to hire. And I said, I would have no idea who they're thinking about. And Adrienne, she had talked with Tony, and she was like, honey, he wants you to take it over. I started laughing. (laughs) I said, I would never want to work with high schoolers. Um, I could never do that. And that's where it started. Um, People started speaking into me. There was a a vacant spot. I had numerous people from the community. Um, My daughter came home. Dad, did you know Tony's leaving? And I said, yeah, I heard that. She's like, everybody at school is like talking about you, wanting wanting you to take it over. And I'm thinking, oh, everybody? Are we talking to your group of friends? Um, Quinn, I fought it. I fought it for two months, but crazy things were happening. And my mind was made up. I said, no, I'll never do it. I'll pray about it. But my mind was made up. And in that two months, there were so many things that were pointing me that direction. Um, I was resisting. And finally, one night, um, actually, it came from a Cedar Point trip that summer. Since summer was free, I was available to go to Cedar Point. That night, a kid texted me, and he said, hey, I just want you to know that I've never been able to talk with anybody like I've talked with you. And he wanted to thank me. And I thought it was the craziest thing because I just met him that morning. But he, like, unfolded his whole life story. And a second text came through late that night from stud athlete at Norwell that one of my biggest concerns was, how am I going to connect with athletes? I'm not an athlete. I'm not a jock. I don't really pay attention. And he was like, "Ked, okay, I just wanted to say – um, it was really great that you hang out hung out with us today and think you're a really cool guy. And I was just like, what is going on? And um, I literally broke down in my kitchen, walked outside late at night that summer night in June, and I fell to my knees and I said, okay, God, I'll do this. And it still took me a week to fill out the paperwork. <laughs> but a two-month process from April of 2012 to June of 2012, and I resigned from education I thought okay I'll step into this journey and here I am 8 years later.
1: So you mentioned that you never really wanted to work with high schoolers. Elementary was more your realm. Mhm. What were some of the challenges that you face and continue to face in this role that you're in now?
0: Although I feel like I'm a pretty confident individual you still have those insecurities sneak in. Um, you're not good enough. Um, recently I had a situation where I, you know, I, I'm always going to look at life and I, and I talk with students about this because some, some you're, you're, you're talking with all kinds of different faith backgrounds from no belief atheist, some belief agnostic um, Muslim students. And then of course I'm going to come from a Christian angle um, So I'm always talking about, I believe life is a tug of war. It's a spiritual battle between good and evil, God and Satan, and even having to fight the lies off that the enemy wants to destroy us, get a hold of our mind. Um, Ked, you're too old for this. You're too old to be with teenagers. And recently I was reminded, um, a student had texted, and this happens a lot, this particular kid. He's like, kid, I really need to get some things off my chest, and wanted to know if we could meet. And um, we we made an arranged time that this kid was broken. Um, there was just a situation that had come up, and he was suspended from school. He he just really started pouring his heart out, and as I'm listening to him, I'm just finding this like fascinating thinking why is he telling me all this and what do I have that like that he feels he can do this and before I left I said hey I have a question I love this I love dialogue but I said how old are you and he said I'm 16 I said I'm 46 there's a 30 year gap here why me he said and this (laughs) this happens a lot he said Ked I'm not able to talk with anybody like I can you. He comes from a great family. He's got a bunch of buddies. People just can't be real. And I think that's one thing that I've had students say, we just know you're going to listen. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. Because you have to, you have to come alongside people in different stages of life. But I look at things, a lot of times I'm looking at our our life as a book. And we're all in different chapters. So this kid is in chapter 16. I'm looking at every chapter as if it's a year. I'm in chapter 46. You brush up alongside people. You're walking alongside people. You get to know people, and somebody says, Wait, that happened to you? And you can say, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know you met me at chapter 23, but let's flip back and let me share with you what happened in chapter 11. And if we're willing to flip back pages in our life's book and open up with part of the plot that's unfolding, you're going to get to know the character more. And I think that is going to empower people to learn from one another, to help guide others in life, because you never know what chapter you're going to be walking in on somebody else's book. And this kid, he was chapter, he's chapter 16, I'm chapter 46. But there's a connection. And it was God's way of whispering to me, stop worrying about your age. Focus on relationship because age is not a barrier when I simply want you to love people well. So I think that's what I've learned. You just connect with people. Although it's a challenge because teenagers are temperamental, And you never know which 16-year-old is going to hate you because of something going on in their life. You never know which 16-year-old or 17, 18, 19, whatever they are, is going to reject you. Um, It's intimidating walking into a cafeteria um, when you're faced with 300 kids at a time. But you just love people and you try to fight your teenage insecurities that wants to slip in like, oh, people think you're an idiot. Um, you just got to fight off the lies and focus on the mission.
1: Circling back to everything that you're doing now and all of these different people reaching out to you and having these different experiences with you, myself included. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say your idea of success is?
0: You know, I think you have... There's all different levels of, of success. I know I can fight against it because I feel like most of my life I've kind of been like, well, I'm just an elementary teacher. Um, now I'm I'm kind of I have to fight that. Uh, I'm just a how do you how do you say like a, not a youth worker, but um, I work with outreach and ministry with with teenagers. And, and it, it's interesting because the word just, you know, you talk with somebody who's helping with a local um, outreach in the community. Somebody can say, well, I, I'm just a volunteer at the food bank. You talk with some mothers and they say, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And I have played that same game. Oh, I'm just a whatever. We, we have to stop using just. Yeah, I think we have to stop saying just before we define a position um a stay-at-home mom oh man i believe that's one of the most important callings in life you're not just a stay-at-home mom um, you're not just a volunteer i'm not just a youth worker but i think sometimes we underestimate or undermine our position because i feel like in the world standards success is money um success is the achievement of climbing the 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 corporate ladder in my field i look at if you're developing more relationships if you have more students that are trusting you um if you are able to look back on a day on a, on a week and feel like maybe you've had an opportunity to come alongside somebody and you've made a difference um I believe that's success. Personally, again, coming from Youth for Christ being a Christian outreach, I believe the next student that you can lead to a relationship with Christ, that's success because that's making an eternal difference.
1: So, I think I'm already going to know the answer to this. If there is an end game to all of this, if there's any point in which you'd want to retire or teach someone else, sort of your ways of getting into the school and relating with kids of any age what does your end game look like in a perfect scenario when can you when your head hits the pillow at night when can you stop thinking about everything and say that okay
0: i did it Mm -hmm. that thought goes through my mind a lot when will i be done um I know when my time with Youth for Christ is done, I confidently, firmly believe that it's not because I'm throwing in the towel like, ah, I'm done with this place, but I think I'm really going to know. Um, what sometimes bothers me, I, I honestly thought it was done three, three and a half years ago. Um, I miss certain components of the classroom. I miss being in one spot all day, every day, and I miss having a roster that you just kind of know what to expect. But there's excitement in the unknown. I mean, it's obviously, it incorporates faith. Um, There's also, I like the variety of not being in one spot all day, every day, because it does bounce you around. Um, I tell people all the time, campus life is just the name of an outreach and you're trying to bring life to the campus you're trying to bring life to where the students are you're going to offer different meetings and events that people that kids can come to but ultimately when you're going on their turf you are just establishing a lot of relationships at times that can be tiring because you're with people a lot in the back of my mind I was like I think I'm ready to get into teaching and I went through job interview was offered a job and I just felt this I just felt this I never heard an audible voice from God but it was just like this whisper of not yet Ked," and I was like okay God I'll go another year and then the following spring felt that same whisper all right I'll go another year and I just I just kind of keep going I don't know when that will be but I do think about that different times who's going to be the next campus life director Um, Who will I be able to hand the baton over to? I do love it, but I kind of, I joked with our staff. I recently became a grandpa. And prior to that, I was like, oh, when I become a grandpa, I'm going to be done at Norwell. I can't be a campus life director grandpa. Honestly, there's still a passion with it. That Who cares if I'm a grandpa? You still connect with kids, you know? So I wish I could say I knew the end game, but ultimately... I hope this outreach continues. Youth for Christ has been around for 75 years. I just don't see myself leaving until I know the position is going to carry on. I do not want to leave a vacancy like we've had in some of our schools.
1: Well, Ken, I'm very glad that you decided to uh, stop by and chat with me today. That's all the questions I have for you. But when I was texting you, You made me aware that uh, you've got a missions trip coming up.
0: Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Honestly, I'm going to put this out there. This is my eighth year at Norwell. And as you kind of establish, you have to have certain routine. Um, You definitely get acclimated with the school. You are known. um, You're interacting with teachers, administration. I'm very supported. Um, Definitely an advocate for these kids. I have a leadership um, team of students, an adult ministry team. But this year especially, I've really tried to surround, um, surround people and really get them, we have got to claim the truth of God's promises. I mean, it's just all over, all over in Scripture. But one thing I've really been praying a lot is over Ephesians 3 20 that God is able to do so much more than what we can ever ask or imagine and that's just been a prayer on my heart on some of the adults um, some of our students God just do more than what we could ever ask or imagine and this year especially there has just been a momentum there have been um things that students have signed up for, students have attended from our student leadership retreat in the summer to an event this past November, well, the beginning of November, uh, GoMad. Um, even with some of the students that have signed up for this missions trip, stepping out, huge step of faith, because it's an, uh, the trip is an $1,850 um, expense. A lot of students, they're coming, they're, they don't even have jobs. But they're feeling like they, they are supposed to do this. Um, they've taken the step to sign up. The team started getting filled. Eventually, we had to turn some people away because it was we didn't have any more spots. And, man, are they seeing things come together. Um, that's going to be December 27th through January 3rd. And I believe most of the money is in and students' worlds have been rocked already and we haven't even gone overseas yet. Um, it's through Rebel Ministries and they partner with ACE, which is American Caribbean Experience. Um, so we're taking these, these kids as well as um, a few families over to Jamaica where we will be able to serve um, in their community and some of the projects that we will have that students can work on. Ultimately, we wanna learn for them They learn from us, but I think we're the ones that really change.
1: Well, hey, as I mentioned, very glad to have seen you. I'll take any excuse to see you.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Coffee sometime, Quinn. Coffee? Mm -hmm. I want
1: McDonald's breakfast. What are you talking about? That, too. That, too. (laughs) That used to be the go-to. That's what Kat used to take us all out to.
0: Absolutely.
1: You're probably sick of it by now. No, I have to pick 500 times. You
0: know. I've had to cut back on some of my
1: <laughs> sodium choices, the yes.
0: The older I get, I have to learn some of that stuff. But.
1: That was the one and only Ken Mosier, Campus Life Director. Thanks so much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast services to never miss an episode. If you want to directly support the show, you can reach out through our page and be recognized as a producer at the end of every show. I'm Quinn Kumfer and you've been listening to the Attaboy Podcast from Tree Boy Productions.